heard the name Ebels, but now you need to remember My Delta 8. From the same people who brought you Ebels, My Delta 8 is Delta 8 THC, offering a semi-sedative physical sensation without the overwhelming mental simulation of Delta 9 THC, resulting in a smoother, much milder experience. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 offer both best quality product and customer service in the industry, from helping manage chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more. The reviews are in, folks. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 are truly game changers as a natural alternative to big pharma drugs. And hey, yours truly here at the Brian Nichols Show can vouch for the quality of Ebels and My Delta 8 having to deal with a herniated disc in my back, plus years of sports injuries. Ebels and My Delta 8 offer relief where generic medicines simply mask the pain. And did you know you can get Ebels and My Delta 8 delivered right to your door at a special discounted price? That's right. All members of the Brian Nichols Show audience can use promo code TBNS at checkout and boom, discount applied. Again, that's code TBNS at checkout to get the highest quality CBD and Delta 8 THC on the market delivered right to your door. One more time, the code is TBNS at checkout. Victor Antonio, welcome to the program. Selling is all about, really, It's we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think you're selling, a solution. You're selling change. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. And this is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Happy Wednesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. And thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am your humble host. And today, Justin Goodman from the White Coat Waste Project joins the program to raise the awareness that you are being forced to pay $20 billion, yes, Dr. Evil, billion, for animal experiments. Now, here's another thing you probably are not aware that this was the organization that helped raise awareness, but remember the whole uh, thing that came out when it showed that our tax dollars actually were going towards the uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology and, oh, probably helped uh, start this entire pandemic at the beginning. Uh, Yeah, that was the White Coat Waste Project helping raise awareness to that. Oh, and by the way, remember Beaglegate with Anthony Fauci where it found out that they were uh, using poor little beagles and cutting out their vocal cords and then testing on those poor dogs uh, with having, I think it was sand fleas biting into them and such, and basically eating them alive. Yes, also exposed by the White Coat Waste uh, Project. But this is not the first time that they have been in the the news, raising up awareness to all the wasteful spending that's been uh, going towards all these different animal experiments. And not only the inefficiencies of these programs, like, like not even talking about the ethics of how terrible these experiments are, but also the fact that a lot of these uh, animal experiments serve no real purpose. Uh, it, it literally just looks like a glorified money laundering scheme using taxpayer dollars to just go and fund all these uh, experiments and then just to have the money transfer 
hey, I watched enough episodes of the Ozark, that's at least my understanding of what money laundering would be, right? And that's exactly what's happening here. Justin Goodman, though, he explains it better than I ever could. So, with that being said, on to the show, Justin Goodman from the White Coat Waste Project here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Absolutely. Justin, thanks for joining the program. And uh, number one, you guys have been fighting the good fight, raising up government waste across the board, specifically as it pertains to uh, focusing on medical experiments on animals. I I can't believe this is a conversation we're having today in 2021, of all things. The fact that this is still something that we're seeing just blows me away. But before we get there, I'm putting the cart before the horse, sir. Let's go ahead, introduce yourself to the audience. Justin, who are you and what is the White Coat Waste Project? Sure. I'm Justin Goodman. I'm the uh, Vice President of Advocacy and Public Policy at White Coat Waste Project, and we are a taxpayer watchdog group dedicated specifically to ending taxpayer-funded animal experimentation, which costs us about 20, us taxpayers, about $20 billion a year. Um, And these experiments range from the stupid, like putting shrimp on treadmills, to the sadistic, like giving dogs heart attacks and everything in between. And our mission is to, uh, we'd like to call it Uh, use an acronym FED, Find, Expose, and Defund Taxpayer-Funded Animal Testing. Find, Expose, Defund. So let's start into the find. So obviously, we're seeing right now a lot of things that we're finding. What are we finding in your world, Justin? What are you seeing in terms of specific issues that you're raising up, and obviously everybody's saying, Brian, we know, we know what the answer is. It's the Fauci stuff, right? The, the, the Beagle Gate. Um, but there's more than just what Fauci's done, and, and you've really helped raise up a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, since our campaign started back in 2016, we've exposed the abuse of dogs, cats, and primates in horrible experiments at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, we've ended 80% of the dog testing at the VA since then. Uh, and did a lot of the cat testing and primate testing as well. They're actually on a path to phase all that stuff out by 2025 uh, as a result of legislation. We got passed bipartisan legislation. Um, we ended nicotine addiction experiments on monkeys at, that were happening at the FDA and cost us $5.5 million. Um, we shut down the government's largest cat experimentation lab that was being run by the USDA. In that case, uh, this had been going on for something like 30 years USDA employees, among other things, would fly over to China, go to these wet markets that everyone's been hearing about over the last couple of years, these filthy inhumane wet markets, purchasing cat and dog meat, flying it back to the United States in their carry-on luggage, and then force-feeding kittens dog and cat meat uh, from Chinese wet markets and other markets around the world. We... we uh, called that campaign the kitten cannibalism campaign. And after international outrage about that, that lab got shut down. Um, So certainly, yes, Beaglegate, Fauci dogs is top of mind right now for us and for a lot of other people, thank goodness. Um, But we've been doing this a long time and have made a lot of headway. One of the other things we're very proud of. I can't believe that we're having this conversation about (laughs) kitten cannibalism. Like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to, sorry, we had an issue there, technical. I know we were, I confess too, before we got started, Justin and audience, yeah, I'm in my not normal studio. You see that in my office right now. Um, sorry, I, I was just astonished at the kitten cannibals, but I didn't mean to cut you off there, Justin. The fact that that's something that our taxpayer dollars were not only going towards, but have been funding for a number of years, no? Yeah, I mean, those experiments were going on in various iterations for about uh, 30 years and cost us $22 million. Um, you know, what surprises a lot of people is that 
you know, we see things like I know on my social media feeds, for example, you see a lot of things about cosmetics testing, for example, on animals. Uh, that's virtually non-existent now, thanks to the good work of groups over the last several decades. Uh, testing on animals for cosmetics is not happening in the U.S. anymore. Uh, it's barely happening around the world. China is a bit of a problem in that area, but it's not really happening anywhere else. The biggest culprit when it comes to taxpayer fund, when it comes to animal testing, is the federal government. They're the market maker for this. Again, $20 billion a year is being spent on these experiments that a majority of taxpayers oppose. So not only is this happening on taxpayers' dime, we're being forced to pay for something we don't want to. Um, and anyone who's skeptical of government spending and waste uh, and government overreach in other areas should be turning their attention to this just as well. I like that you you mentioned that the federal government is the reason that this is an issue. And we hear your cat protesting as well in the background. I, don't worry, my cats would be too if I was at home. And I love the way that you guys have framed this over on your website for the, the White Coat Waste Project. And I'm going to go ahead and quickly share my screen here so the audience can see. Um, because what we talk about in sales is helping solve problems. And the way that you've identified this is the problem. The vast majority of wasteful and cruel animal experimentation is paid for, as we just said, with taxpayer money. And I still couldn't believe that. $20 billion? Insane. And then you go through the solution and how you do it. So we, we see the problem and, and we see the solution raising up the awareness. And you said it was fed, find, expose, and defund. So we found the problems. Now we're exposing the problems like kitten cannibalism. How do we defund it? Now, you, you mentioned some of the wins. Is that by influencing legislators? Is that by having people raise awareness and do grassroots campaigns or is there something more beyond just that? It's all of the above and more. So we have a grassroots army of about 3 million people across the country who do various things to support the organization, whether it's taking action by writing Congress, making phone calls to Congress, um, posting on social media, donating, whatever the case may be. There's millions of people out there supporting these campaigns who are putting pressure on legislators uh, I'm a lobbyist. I'm White Coats lobbyist. So I'm also working with members of Congress on both sides of the aisle on Capitol Hill, educating them about these issues and then helping uh, determine what the plan of action needs to be, you know, identifying these problems and helping come up with solutions. And we've been very grateful to have support on both sides of the aisle, you know, far left, far right and everyone in between uh, in terms of legislators who are willing to you know, put their name on letters and legislation to crack down on government waste on animal abuse. Um, so it's really a little bit of everything. Justin, let's go back to the beginning of where really people probably have actively had you guys enter into the collective consciousness of, of what's been going on. And it's really come to the precipice here of what's happened over the past two years. And that is the culmination of not only Dr. Anthony Fauci and his response as a, you know the head of the NIH to really just do this top-down approach to a government response to COVID-19, but also now we're starting to find all the other things, as we were mentioning. Beagle Gate has really become the number one thing that brought, I, I think, you to my, my world as well. So let's kind of go back to the, the beginning, though, because you actually did more than that. You've actually helped dig behind the scenes in terms of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and our funding there, could you dig into that some more? Sure, yeah. So uh, Beaglegate is certainly not our first rodeo with Anthony Fauci. We've been you know, following his work for a long time and his role at the NIH for a long time because he has the second, the NIH has a $40 billion budget. About half of that is spent on animal testing. But 
Anthony Fauci's division, NIAID, at the National Institutes of Health, has the second largest budget within the NIH, about $6 billion. And about half of that, maybe more, is going to animal testing and really horrible things like that we call maximum pain experiments, where they're giving animals Ebola, exposing them to anthrax, other infectious diseases, uh, and then withholding pain relief, uh, even though these things are killing them quickly in some cases, slowly in other cases. So really nasty stuff happening that we've been paying attention to for a long time. But one thing that we caught on to in late 2019 and exposed in early 2020 was that Fauci's division at the NIH had sent uh, $600,000 of a $3.7 million grant uh, to the Wuhan Institute of Virology for dangerous uh, coronavirus experiments on animals that we now know to be gain of function. These, you know, people may have heard the term gain of function now. Uh, these experiments where they're supercharging wild coronaviruses and making them more infectious to humans uh, and more transmissible between humans. And this is work that the NIH has been funding for years at the Wuhan Institute of Virology through a uh, intermediary here in the United States. So in April 2020, we were the first ones to link the, the uh, National Institutes of Health here in the United States to funding the lab at, at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which now many people believe in the, you know, scientists, intelligence experts believe may have caused the pandemic through a lab leak. Well, Justin, didn't you get the memo? If you brought that theory up in the beginning of the pandemic, not only were you labeled a conspiracy theorist, but also <gasps> you were racist. So, I mean, I'm surprised that you you are even having a conversation with me because you haven't been deplatformed at this point. It's, it's amazing that you guys are still functioning. Yeah, we haven't been canceled yet. I mean, certainly in the early days of the pandemic when the the lab leak was still seen as a conspiracy theory by a lot of people who have now done a 180, uh, you know, there was a Washington Post column that said it was nonsense and called us conspiracy theorists. Uh, and we heard that a lot from the establishment media and the center on the left, unfortunately. Uh, and, you know, ultimately, I think history is going to show that all of that politicizing of COVID's origins really set us back in determining how this whole thing started, because it, it took over a year for, you know, certainly uh, politicians on the left and media on the left to come around to the idea that, you know, we they've tested 80,000 animals in China. Not a single one carries the coronavirus, COVID-19, the, the specific one that caused the pandemic. Yet we have a laboratory here in the center of Wuhan where the, where the, where the pandemic started that was manipulating coronaviruses that were very genetically similar to the one that we now have, uh, Caught, you know, wreaking havoc on our public health and economy. So again, I, it's, no one knows what caused the pandemic. We might not ever know. Um, but to say that the lab leak is a conspiracy theory and be, and dismiss it just because people like Donald Trump, who some people, you know, vehemently disliked, uh, were promoting it has really done damage to our ability to get to the bottom of COVID-19 and how it started. Yeah. And then fast forward to, I mean, really we're, where everybody got mad. It wasn't the possible leak of a very contagious virus due to animal testing that was likely funded by American taxpayer dollars at the behest of one Anthony Fauci. But no, what, what got people mad, Justin? 
It was it was what they were doing to dogs. Um, and it speaks to I think more of us and our priorities uh, in terms of you know where we are as a society right now in in r- ranking things. But hey, if that's what it makes people get upset at what's happening, so be it. So let's look at BeagleGate specifically because that's really I think where the the national attention did focus. And one of the things that not only kind of caught me off guard, but I think it's going to catch a lot of people off guard if they didn't know this, is that this isn't just isolated to random places across the world, but it's actually happening in our backyard. No? Yeah, that's right. So BeagleGate is the kind of trending hashtag that we coined and then went caught like wildfire in social media, which we're very grateful for, um, to refer to a series of experiments funded by Anthony Fauci's division at the National Institutes of Health. Um, we, the first one we exposed in 2016 was happening inside Fauci's own lab here in, uh, I'm in DC, but this was happening in Maryland. So right outside the beltway. Um, and those experiments involved purchasing beagles and strapping capsules full of infected flies, sand flies to these beagles to cause them, uh, sores and lesions, uh, and ultimately killed the dogs. Unfortunately, that was part of a a pattern of punishing puppy abuse that we've now documented from Maryland um, to a lab in Georgia where the NIH is currently funding experiments that involve infecting dogs with, uh, infesting dogs with flies again and testing experimental drugs on them uh, to a lab in California where they were force feeding dogs, uh, experimental drugs. They cut out their vocal cords so they can't bark in the laboratory. Uh, and then they, they killed them. And the most two recent examples we exposed involved, uh, infesting dogs with both, uh, ticks and heartworms and other horrible experiments uh, in Iowa and Kansas. So this is really an international scandal, um, that we've been documenting for years. And, you know, what this comes down to in terms of it really catching fire and grabbing the the attention of people across the country and across the world is, and you say in your, in your intro here on the program is you have to meet people where they're at. And unfortunately, you know, the, the Wuhan story, while it was alarming to us and troubling to us, um, mice and bats don't provoke the same reaction from people that dogs do. We're a nation of dog lovers. And we always keep that in mind because, you know, that's the gateway drug for us is dogs and cats and people and the animals who people can relate to that brings them into the fold. And then we can talk to them about what's happening in Wuhan or putting amphibious fish on a treadmill or whatever, you know, the other types of cruelty and nonsense that we expose. Um, But dogs, dogs are the secret sauce. I challenge. Okay. We have way too many really talented people in the greater Liberty world for this not to happen. So I challenge this to find someone who can like do a a short video, you know, a little two minute video of the dog's journey, you know, a happy puppy being born. And then Dr. Anthony Fauci adopting that puppy and that puppy all of a sudden being brought to a lab and just show that puppy's sad, sad story that would hit so many people because we all watched the movies, right? We all watched Air Bud. We all watched Homeward Bound and cried when Shadow was stuck in the mud. Uh, Hopefully it's not a spoiler alert to anybody because, you know, that's movies like (laughs) older than me, I think at this point. Um, So we we all have the the story, the the animal story, specifically it's those dog stories that do 
connect with us. And I think that right there, to your point, Justin, is exactly why this is now entering into the purview. And as you mentioned, meeting people where they're at on this very top of mind issue. And hey, it's an issue that people really do care about because it's our furry friends. We we all see, I mean, my, my in-laws just had to put down one of their dogs and it breaks your heart because they become part of the family. And you can't imagine someone doing something so cruel, so heinous, and just say, hey, it's in the name of science, Justin. It's in the name of progress. That's a little scary, no? Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, that's what we've seen at the NIH for years is them abusing their authority to justify doing these types of horrible things to dogs, cats, monkeys, and other, other animals. And, you know, part of our, our organization's name, it's, you know, white coat referring to the experimenters and then waste, uh, and we, which we haven't really even talked about yet, but, you know, the part of the, the core message for us is that not only is this stuff incredibly cruel, it's wasteful. The NIH itself admits that 95% of drugs and treatments that are tested on animals go on and pass animal tests fail in humans because they don't work or are dangerous. The FDA says something similar. The DOD says something similar. So not only is this, this experimentation inhumane, it's an incredible waste of tax dollars. So it's a horrible, we get a horrible return on investment and taxpayers shouldn't be forced to, to foot the bill for that. And that's part of, you know, in terms of meeting people where, where they're at for a long time, the, the movement to end animal experimentation was focused only on the cruelty of it. Uh, and unfortunately, that left out a lot of people who resonate with the government spending and the government's role in this, pro- creating the problem. So what White Co. Waste did was show that, again, the government is the, you know, big government is the problem here. Government subsidizing science is the problem in this case because they don't care that there's no return on investment. They don't care that they don't have any incentive to, to innovate. And as a result, they're stuck in the, you know, using 16th century research methods in the 21st century world. And yet, Justin, we're told to trust the science. And if you don't trust the science, if you don't trust one Anthony Fauci, well, then you're just not trusting science across the board. And I think right now, a lot of people are starting to question the overall narrative. Is is science the actual science or do we have a, a science of the government bureaucrats and then the science of the actual scientists out there who are testing hypotheses, trying to figure out not just what's the truth based on what I'm supposed to be presenting, but actually what is the actual science out there? What is the actual truth? And we're seeing a very big split. I've had this conversation many a time with Dr. Adrian Brajan on the show where he talks about Uh, People in academia who they are liberty lovers, but they are afraid to speak that ugly F word freedom for the fear of being ostracized by their coworkers, by being cast away by their their peers. That's insane that you have some of who are supposed to be the experts, the brightest, the best in our society who have been so shunned, so terrified to not even want to speak out because of that fear, right? The other F word. And, and I think right there is where we need to start to focus and address is that it's, it's, it's not time to be afraid anymore. Like it's, it's, it's Kevin McAllister in Home Alone where he comes out from underneath the bed. He goes, I'm not afraid anymore. And he runs outside and then uh, the old man with the shovels right there and he screams and runs back in the house. No, but that's the point. It's time for us to say we're not afraid anymore. And, it, and we have to stand up and say this is wrong. And it's time for our tax dollars to stop going towards this. But then – I know the pushback. I'm a sales guy here. I, we have objections pop up and they're going to say, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to fund this? And then 
to your point, 95% of the animal tests fail in human trials anyways. What are we doing? Like, and then I, this is an awful question to even feel like I have to ask. What's the point of this? Like, unless there's just, hey, this is a means for us to disseminate taxpayer dollars and animals are just a means to an end. I mean, is it really that black and white? Unfortunately, yes. I mean, if you oh, ask me, at least it is. Sucks. I mean, <laughs> listen, $20 billion means animal testing is big business. And, you know, the grants that go to the universities, they're taking maybe a quarter or a third of the grant right off the top for overhead. The rest animal, is... Animal you know, testing so, is big business, though. Hold on. That line is a, <laughs> that is a winner right there. I had to return over here and write it down. Yeah. It's, wow, it's, though. You it, don't, yeah, you don't think about it. $20 billion. It's cynical, but it's 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 the reality of it. I mean, there's the companies that make the cages and make the and make the food and transport and the, the, the trucking companies that transport the animals and the companies that breed the dogs by the thousands to sell to the NIH and to other laboratories for abuse in these experiments that are funded by taxpayers. Uh, so the colleges and universities are some of the loudest advocates for this because they're getting the most money for it. And again, there's no incentive for them to innovate because the second you solve a problem, the NIH isn't going to fund it anymore. So you have every incentive to continue tinkering and not solve the problem that you're looking at. Uh, and people who speak out about this are ostracized, uh, unfortunately. That's what happens because the status quo has been animal testing is you know, the gold standard for so long, despite the fact that all of the evidence points to the contrary. Um, good science, you know, you're talking about science and what, what is, what is science and what counts as science and who should we trust? Good science follows the conclusions wherever they go, even if they're inconvenient. And the science in this case, the science, the public health science, the biomedical science, the science in this case leads us to the conclusion that animal experimentation is incredibly wasteful and not worthy of our tax dollars. However, you have people like Anthony Fauci abusing their authority, Francis Collins, the head of the, the outgoing head of the NIH, abusing their authority and actually lying to people and telling them that you're going to die, your grandma's going to die, your kids you know, are going to get sick if we don't abuse dogs, which is the furthest possible thing that could be from the truth. Uh, but if you challenge that, you're, you're deemed as an anti-science radical. And there are so many scientists in the community that have spoken up and found themselves on the receiving end of not having papers published, um, being rejected from conferences, and, and being ostracized in other ways. Um, but that's changing. It's changing because the science is so overwhelming that this stuff is wasteful, and you have seen some progress at agencies acknowledging that and looking to do things in a better way. Um, but our challenge is, you know, as a liberty group, we're not saying that we should ban anything. Our challenge to the, to the government and to the animal experimenters is find your own funding. If your problem is so important and your research is so promising, surely the Gates Foundation or some other big foundation that doles out billions of dollars a year in grants would be interested in funding your program or your project that is going to save people's lives. Um, but the fact is, is that putting fish on a treadmill is not going to save anyone's life. And no one besides Uncle Sam is going to pay for something like that. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? And you, one of the lines you said there was just gold. The second you solve the problem, the funding stops. 
And I've used this example a million times, but it's just, again, it's too perfect. It's the scene in the office where Oscar is trying to explain to Michael why they need to spend the money that they have left over. So next year, corporate will continue to give them the same amount of money because there is no incentive in this world where you want to have the problem solved because then that spigot will turn off. So you have to constantly be validating why your job exists. And in the government world, it's just to keep the problem just existing, but maybe fixing it a little bit my like minute steps each day versus, you know, when you're a sales guy and you're out and you're trying to sell a solution, it's because you're trying to solve the problem. You're actually trying to, to make things better and objectively take that step moving forward. But I, I'm again, to your point, I think people are starting to wake up and thank God, Justin, because I think we're, we're far past due a time where people like Dr. Anthony Fauci, these lifelong government bureaucrats who have faced no recourse whatsoever it's time they face their due. So with that being said, Justin, unfortunately, we're already short the time. So we want to make sure if people want to, number one, go ahead and support the amazing organization that is the White Coat Waste Project. Where can they go ahead and find that? And number two, where can folks go ahead and find you if they want to continue the conversation? All right. Uh, our website is whitecoatwaste.org. And you can visit at White Coat Waste on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, where else are we? Instagram and YouTube on social media if you want to connect. Uh, my t- personal Twitter is Justin R. Goodman, at Justin R. Goodman, if anyone wants to reach out to me and ask any other questions. Uh, and again, whitecoatwaste.org is the place to go to our home base to get more information about what we're doing and get involved. Perfect. And folks, how about this? We'll make it super easy for you. Go to your podcast catcher, click the artwork there, and it'll bring you right to the Brian Nichols Show website where you can find today's episode, all of the links that were just mentioned there by Justin, as well as uh, the transcription for today's episode. Oh, and you can find all 400 plus episodes of the Brian Nichols Show. But with that being said, thank you, Justin, for joining us on today's episode of the Brian Nichols Show. Thank you, Brian. Have you checked out the new Brian Nichols Show collection over at Proud Libertarian? Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop and you can grab some amazing Liberty swag that will definitely help pique some interest from our good ideas don't require force snapbacks, Alexa overthrow the government t-shirts, question everything mugs, and of course our ever popular don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff bumper sticker. The Brian Nichols Show shop over at Proud Libertarian has all the Liberty swag you need. And hey, if you're looking for more awesome Liberty apparel check out the rest of the amazing proud libertarian store while you're over there and be sure to use code tbns at checkout to get 10 percent off your entire order that's right 10 percent off your entire order from proud libertarian including everything over at the brian nichols show shop and all you have to use is code tbns at checkout one more time head to brian forward slash shop and check out the brand new brian nichols show store over at proud libertarian and use code tbns at checkout for 10 percent off your entire order. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Justin Goodman from the White Coat Waste Project. Thank you, Justin, for joining us on the program. And yes, thank you for raising awareness that we are being forced to pay $20 billion for animal experiments. Thank you for fighting the good fight. And please, folks, if you want to uh, do your part, just continue to support this organization, raise up awareness, and uh, please do whatever you can I would say, starting off, share today's episode. When you do, make sure you go ahead and give White Coat Waste Project a tag, and of course, give yours truly a tag as well at B Nichols Liberty. Coming up. 
Tomorrow, yes, we had a great conversation with the one and only Trent Ortner, except it wasn't over on my show. It was over on his show, the Liberty Tree Podcast, where uh, I had a great time where we sat down, talked about how we can avoid a lot of the polarization that we see here in America today. And by the way, it's pretty easy. How do we do it? Start number one by talking to people in our immediate circles, controlling the things we can control. And as Mark Clara brought up on the show here earlier this week, being the best versions of yourselves first and foremost. So make sure you don't miss that episode. It's going to be airing tomorrow, Thursday. But with that being said, thank you for joining us the program. It's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Justin Goodman from the White Coat Waste Project. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.